Uh, so we're on the HIT series, High Intensity Training. How have you been going with your wardrobe this week? You've been clothing yourselves with tender-hearted mercy and kindness and what else? Compassion and patience, humility and gentleness. These are the things that God says that we need to put on um, in our lives and Graham talked to us about that and really what I really took out of last week was that it has to be intentional. It's not just going to happen. We're not just going to be naturally merciful and compassionate and humble and kind and gentle all of the time. We might be able to do it sometimes but not all of the time so we have to intentionally put on this wardrobe and it Honestly, it takes effort and it takes training to intentionally do this. So we're moving on today to verse 13. So what's happening, if you weren't here last week, we've got the HIT series, High Intensity Training. We're focusing in on four verses of Scripture from Colossians chapter 3. So if you want to open your Bibles, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. And we're looking at these over the next, well, we've had one week, we've got four more weeks. And I really believe it's very challenging to do this. And what we're going to talk about today is really upping the intensity, I can tell you. Because today it's saying that we need to make allowance, verse 13, we need to make allowance for each other's faults. And we need to forgive anyone who offends us. Anyone who offends us. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. So this is about taking offence. To me, the intensity increases if we're going to talk about this because this can happen like that. I'll give you an example. Last night, we were watching the football and um, I was getting annoyed by the referee and some of the decisions that he was making and I was expressing that quietly under my breath. And... um, Ian took offence at that. So then he spoke to me and I took offence at that. So I got my things up, upstairs, into the bedroom, shut the door and went on with my preparing of the message for today. And I'm reading down and I'm thinking, I'm not going to be able to go on with this without going down and saying sorry. And so I sort of crept down the stairs and I said, Ian, (laughs) I'm not going to be able to do this message if I don't say sorry for taking offence and um, going out of the the lounge room so quickly and determinedly to uh, continue the message. Well, it was, I did continue the message then. So um, I was, the Lord was making me practice what I am about to teach. So... I think that's important. But look, it happens so easily. And this is the thing about taking offence. It's something that is going to take training. In fact, God actually tells us that it will. And in, in Acts chapter 24, verse 16, he says, Therefore, I always exercise and discipline myself to have a clear, unshaken, blameless conscience, void of offence toward God and toward men. How are we going to be void of offence toward God and toward men? By exercise and discipline. 
So it does take training. This is not something that's just going to happen naturally. It's something we're going to have to focus. So God is calling us to train ourselves to up the intensity in our training, to make allowance for others, not to take offense, and to forgive others. And let me tell you, if you want to live peacefully and you want to live powerfully in your life, then you are going to need to take on this high-intensity training. People get offended so easily. What about in the traffic? A car cuts in front of you. Suddenly, someone's yelling at the car in front. Why did you do that? Bipping the horn. A fence like that. They go into a store and look at the price. They take offence at the prices of things. Look at this. What's going on? And get upset about it. At the government, at other people. People take offence even at themselves. They take offence at the word of God because they don't like what it tells them to do and they don't want to do it. They take offence at God. People who don't even know God take offence at God because why do they ban Christmas displays in shopping centres? Because they're offended by God or they, they're offended by prayer. They ban prayer in public schools because they're offended by it. Even Christians get offended by God. They get disappointed because he doesn't do what he wants them to do or he does what they don't want him to do. And so we're in this state that it's very easy to take offence. And um, let me tell you just as a side point that we never need to be disappointed in God. Like He is perfect and his ways are perfect. And if he's telling us to go a certain way, it's because... It will be the best for us, no matter what. It will be the best. We just have to agree with him on that. So when I was looking at offence, re- there was a book by John Bevere called The Bait of Offence, or The Bait of Satan. It's, a, it's about a, a whole book about offence. If you want to go further into it, you could look at that book. And Joyce Meyer has a lot of teaching on it as well. Very good teaching. And so I'm just going to look at some scriptures. I guess in this, this morning it's a little little bit like a Bible study, looking at the scriptures that talk to us. There, is, there are so many references into the Bible about this, and so it's obviously important. So there are two definitions in the Bible of this word offence. The first one is that it is a stumbling block. The, the translation of offence is a stumbling block or a stumbling stone that causes you to trip and fall, and it causes you to cease your progress. So it's like you're walking along and you just trip up by this thing. You fall over and you're stopped from going forward. That's what the Bible describes or is translated as offence. Now Jesus talks about this and I want us to look. There's some verses this morning that I want us to really focus in on from Matthew 24. So if you want to look at Matthew 24 beginning at verse 10. Jesus talks about this. And this is actually a sign of the end times. It's saying, he's talking about the end times, and he's saying, and then, this is at the end times, many, many will be offended and repelled and will begin to distrust and desert him whom they ought to trust and obey. And they will stumble and fall away and betray one another and pursue one another with hatred. It's saying many will be offended, and because they're offended, they're going to stumble and fall away. So here is the translation where offence 
can mean to stumble. It causes you to stumble. Now, as I said earlier, offence can start as a little thing. Someone can say something to you and it just upsets you, but you just sort of go on. And then something else happens and it's, it sort of upsets you a little bit. You put it aside. And we go to church and we carry these little things. We read the Bible and we carry these little things. We pray and we carry these little things until one day we, we see the person and this sort of catches our spirit and we sort of then want to look the other way. We don't want to look then. We think, what? well, something's there. Something's taking root. And what we think is actually little before we know it is not little anymore. And uh, we see that person and someone else who knows we've told someone else about it and we sort of give this sort of look at that other person as if to say, yeah, that's right. And so that offence isn't just a little thing that's just sort of gone. It's actually there inside of us and it's taking root in our spirits. And if we're not careful, what becomes just a little offence, nothing much at all, we can sort of gloss over that, but we actually don't because it actually takes root in our spirit and it grows. And before we know it, it becomes an overwhelming thing in our spirits. It's not little anymore. You see, it will grow into anger, it will grow into bitterness, it will grow into resentment and it will eventually end up in a full-blown case of unforgiveness. Now, can I say to you, the best time to deal with any problem is when it's little. If you deal with it while it's little, it's much easier to get rid of than when it grows and grows and grows and becomes this massive problem I was, here, I was listening to um, a podcast by John Bevere and he was talking about this and he was telling the story of a man and this man was 36 years of age and he was on the stage giving his testimony and he just had tears running down his face. And he said, here's this young man, I couldn't believe he was so emotional, but he was telling his story about how when he was three, his mother had given him away. And he'd carried this resentment towards his mother for 33 years. And what had happened is that 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 had built up within him and it became so big that he didn't know how to deal with it. And it became a barrier, a barrier between him and God. He couldn't reach out to God because of this massive unforgiveness in his spirit. And one day he realised this and he thought, I have to forgive my mother this and he rang her up and he was sobbing on the phone and he said like I've carried this resentment towards you for 33 years but I know that that I have to forgive you I want to forgive you and I'm I'm sorry that I've carried this for so long and she then cried because she said I've never forgiven myself for doing that so she was sobbing and she had to forgive herself and out of that it released both of them to enter into a relationship with God Because when we carry these things and they build up and they build up, and we may not want them to build up, but they just do by the nature of what offence is, it will block us from connecting with God. In 2 Peter 5.8 it says, Resist the devil at his onset. The moment it happens. So then when you do that, you wake up every day feeling free. You're free to worship. You're free to love. And you know, loving people is the greatest form of spiritual warfare. 
Because love will break through the hardest heart. And the devil has got no defense against that. So this high-intensity training we've got to take on is to learn not to take offense. And this is not for God we're doing this. This is for us. It's actually we who get hurt when we take offense. So the less we take offense in our lives, the happier we're going to be. The more peace we're going to have, the more power will be available to us, the more we'll be able to love people, and the less authority the devil will have in our lives. You say, oh, Pam, this is really hard. It's hard to just put aside these things. It's hard to walk the Christian life like this. I'm going to say to you, no, being a sinner is hard. Having a life with no hope. Having a life that has no peace. Not having a relationship with God, that's hard. But God, who is all-powerful, as Luke said this morning, it's not about us trying, it's about us opening ourselves to him and allowing him, through his power, to live in us and enable us to forgive, to put aside those things that could take root in our heart to harm us and let go of them. And God will help us to do that. So here's part of the training regime, all right? If I was, Geordie would say, all right, now if you're going to do this, you've got to do this, this and this. All right, here's number one thing that you have to do in this training. Every time that you hear God prompt you to do something, you need to say, this is going to be good for me. This is going to be good for me. Then do it. If God's prompting you, you can be sure that it's going to be good for you and do it. Every time you hear God prompting you not to do something, then you have to say to yourself, this won't be good for me if I do this. This won't be good for me. It will be good for me if I don't. Then don't do it. Now, it has to be an active thought. It's all about in your thought. You have to actively make a decision about this. It's not something that you can just sort of think it'll happen. It won't happen naturally. It's something, that's why I'm talking about training. We have to train ourselves to see that and act on it. So if we get, if someone offends us, and they may not be doing it purposely, it's just that we take it that way. I'm sure that, you know, Ian wasn't trying to hurt me last night when he told me not to speak like that about the referee. But, you know, I immediately took offence because I thought, don't speak to me, don't tell me that. I'm fine. I'm just sitting here quietly being annoyed with the referee. And so, you know, you can think that there was no intention. He was probably just trying to sort of keep me calm, you know. And so, therefore, but we have to immediately, immediately think this is not good. This is not good for me. This is not what God wants, so don't do it. Or let go of it quickly. So if we go back to that verse from Matthew 24, verse 10, Jesus says, In the end days, many will be offended. Now, offense has always been around, but he's actually saying that in the end days, there's going to be a greater attack from the enemy on the church. Because this this is not talking about unbelievers. This is actually talking about believers. And so he's actually saying that in the end days, that Satan's really going to try to use offense to get us out of the game. 
He's really going to work on us more than any other time in history. He wants to get people mad at each other or mad at leaders or mad at anything and pull themselves out of the game. Listen to what Solomon said about this. Proverbs 18, verse 19. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a citadel. What did cities have around them in Solomon's day? Walls. What were the walls built for? Protection. What they wanted to do was to keep out those people who were against them. And that's exactly what offended people do. They put up walls so that they can't get hurt. And they build the wall and the wall goes up and up and up just so they protect themselves. But if you think about Jesus, Jesus was to love and his love was to give. It's open. It's open-hearted. It was to give to others. But what happens when we get offended is that we shut out people. We shut down and we protect and we want to stop what's hurting. And so we put up the walls. But a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. These walls become almost impossible to get down. There's, and actually the Bible refers to them in another version as strongholds. They take a hold of our heart and it's such a stronghold that it's really hard for us. The only way we're going to get rid of them is for to use the weapons, the spiritual weapons that will break them down. Look at 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So these are the weapons we're going to need to use when these walls have been put up. And what sort of strongholds are they? This is interesting. Look at this. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So these strongholds come in the mind He works through our thought processes. And so someone says something and we begin to think on it. And we begin to take it further, perhaps, than they ever intended. And so it plays on our mind. Arguments, pretenses against the knowledge of God. And these thoughts take control and they are what build these strongholds around us against what God wants for us. And what it does is it shuts out God. That's why it says you have to take all of these things captive and make them obedient to Christ. It's not natural. It's just not natural for that to happen. This is, this is high-intensity training, isn't it? To have to actually take all of those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Now, the Word of God is consistent with the nature of God. What is the nature of God? Love. So for God, he is saying here, I will give to you everything that you need. You have to let go and open your heart so you can receive it. 
Then it goes on in Matthew 24 to the next verse, verse 11. This is after it's saying, many will take offence and stumble. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Now who are the many? They are believers who have been offended. And so what that's telling me is that an offended heart is a breeding ground for deception. It's easy to be deceived. Now there's one problem with deception. That is, it is deceiving. It deceives you. And so therefore, a person will believe that they're right and they will think that they are right, but when they're really wrong. But you think you're right. You deceive yourself. Jesus describes these false prophets here as wolves in sheep's clothing. Now, what does a wolf aim to do? He wants to get into the flock and separate a sheep from the flock because then he can attack it and the the sheep is not protected at all. So his aim is to separate, to isolate the sheep from the flock. Look at Proverbs verse 18 and 1. It says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. And so what offence does, remember I said it shuts you down. It begins to isolate you and separate you. And then you're not listening anymore to wise judgment. You're going to be listening to your own thoughts that haven't been taken captive and made obedient to Christ. And so for us, Satan is constantly trying to lure us to take the bait of offence. Because if we take the bait, then we'll be caught in his trap. Now this is the second meaning of the word offence. It's translated by the Greek as scandalon. Now scandalon means the little bit that the bait hangs on in an animal trap. So that the animal can be captured and either killed or held captive. That's the word that is used for offence. It's like that bait that we take that puts us into the hands of the enemy. And there he keeps us captive and he can do with us what he will then. Then what it goes on to say in Matthew 24, 12 is that because all of this is happening, lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. Now, what is lawlessness? Well, it's actually from the Greek word which means you are a law unto yourself. You are not submitting to the authority of God. And so what happens? These walls of offence go up. They build up a thinking process of lawlessness, which means thinking contrary to the word of God. And the result is that the love of many will go cold. Who is the many? Believers who have been offended. Now the love we're talking about here is agape love. It's the love of Jesus, not the love of the world. And so here it's talking to believers, saying that the love that God has put within us, that we will grow cold to it because we're closing off, we're putting up walls, we're separating ourselves and isolating ourselves from what God wants to do in our lives because we take this bait of offence. So why do we need this high-intensity training? Because we don't want to be one of the many in the last days. 
We don't want to be the one that will be taken away by offence and caused to stumble, being deceived, and our love growing cold. So how do we overcome this? Well, we're going to hear more about it next week, but I'm just going to touch on it briefly because it brings to our final phrase of that verse. In, in Philippians 1, the beginning of 9 and end of 10, I'll just cut it down so it's not too long, and it says, And this I pray, this is how you'll overcome it, that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development so that on the day of Christ you will approach it not stumbling or causing others to stumble. So when your love abounds, you're not going to stumble and you're not going to cause others to stumble. I think God has been teaching me for this for many, many years about loving people. And I've learned that the more I love people, the happier I am. The more I reach out and open up, the more joy is brought into my life. The more you get your eyes off yourself and onto others, the happier you are. The more fulfillment you have in your life when you're not just focusing on yourself. And you know, that's not the world's way. The world is all about I, I, I. It's all about me and my life and my wishes and what's best for me. But God, that's not God's way. God turns everything upside down. He says the first will be last. And he says you get happy by concentrating, by loving others, not by focusing on yourself. And if you're going to love, then you can't carry unforgiveness in your heart. The final part of this verse says, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. Now, people who need to forgive can be broken into two categories, people who have been mistreated and people who think they've been mistreated. So today I'm talking about the people who've actually genuinely been mistreated. But you might say, Pam, if I have been hurt, then surely I have the right to carry that feeling that, that I'm, it's okay for me to be offended by someone who's deliberately hurt me. Well, you have a right to do anything you like. God gave you freedom of choice. So you have whatever right you want. But if you want to walk with God, then I can say to you, you actually don't have a right to be offended. This is, this is not easy, but it's something that will help us to learn to grow in God and to avail ourselves of more that he has for us. You can say, but you don't know what I've been through, Pam. If you knew what I've been through, you would understand why I carry this. Well, I have to say to you that if you're saying that to me, you're really saying, I want to hold on to this and I don't want to forgive. And you know, if we say that, then we've obviously forgotten what we did to Jesus. Because an offended person who cannot forgive is a person who has forgotten what they've been forgiven of. Let's look at Matthew 18, 21 to 22. This is Jesus. And Peter says, Lord, how many times should I forgive and Jesus says, uh, well, Peter says to him, seven times? 
And Jesus says, no, 70 times 7. 490 times. And in Luke's gospel, it says in one day. And if we took that without sleeping, that would be every three minutes. And so what Jesus is saying, it's inexhaustible. There's no, there's no limit to this. You just need to forgive people. You can't carry unforgiveness. And he goes on to illustrate this with the story of the unforgiving debtor. And this man came and owed him the equivalent of $5 million. And of course, you know, I, maybe, I don't think any one of us could pay back $5 million like that. And so he begged the man to forgive him of this debt. And the king did. He forgave him of the debt of $5 million. Now that same man goes out and someone owes him about $10,000. Now if, you are, if someone owed you $10,000, you would want them to pay you back. Well, I would if they owed me $10,000. But if I didn't get it back, well, it's not, you know, compared to $5 million, it's probably a reasonably small debt. But this man would not forgive. He, this other, you know, the man begged him and said, can you please forgive me? I'll go and I'll get it back to you. And the man would not forgive him this small debt in comparison. And, you know, in the same way, we have been forgiven an unpayable debt. What we have done, we can never pay for. What Christ has done for us, we can't pay. And he's not asking us to. He's forgiven us that debt. We've been forgiven. So don't you think we should also forgive others? Because I don't think there's anything that anyone's done to us that is, not, that is worse than what we've done to Jesus. So we need to forgive. And we need to love people as Jesus did. So here's, the tr- here's how we do it. This is part of high-intensity training. It is challenging, but it's important. The first thing we have to do is we pray for anyone who mistreats you. This is hard, but you need to pray for God to bless them. It's the only way that you'll be able to forgive. It says in Psalm 35, verses 13 to 14... David was talking about when he'd been hurt, really badly hurt, and he, and he said, these people have done evil to me. And this is what he says, but when they were sick, I dressed in mourning. I deprived myself of food. I prayed with my head bowed low as I would pray for a friend or a brother. That's what we need to do. If we're going to forgive, we have to actually put aside the hurt and ask God and if we can't do it ask God to forgive through us he will do it through us he will help us it means having humility and saying sorry and it means wanting the best for people remember the Lord forgave you so we must also forgive others it's not the you know the most the easiest message to give this message but it's you know as I've looked at it and I've thought this is so important I don't want to carry this in my heart I don't want to carry things that could stop me from you know being the person God wants me to be I want to have a heart that is clean of this you know washed this stuff washed away 
And we're going to take some time because I think this is not something that, this is something that takes time because God will be speaking to all of our hearts. It may be just saying thank you that there is nothing you're carrying. But maybe there's some things that are in your heart that are there under the surface that need to be brought out and confessed. They need to be brought out to Jesus and laid before him and said, Lord, wash this away. I don't want any more of it in my life. I don't want to carry this anymore. I want to be free of this. Or just contemplate on what Jesus has done for us. He bore it all so that we could not have to pay that debt. We've been set free. And this morning, Jesus is saying, I want to do the same. I want to, I want to make you free. Let's see these walls knocked down and let's go out free of this stuff so that we can go forward with Jesus into all that he has for us in our lives. So let's just take a few minutes just to pray. Just let's, we've got some time this morning. Let's pray. Just where you are, just, just you and the Lord. This is time for honesty between you and him. And if you need prayer, then please come forward. People will pray with you. But let's just take this time to connect with him and see what he's saying to our hearts.